0: Listening to the Embassy Church podcast, and here is today's message. Father, I'm just so undone by all the things that you do and how intricately you do them. You blow my mind, you break my mind sometimes of how amazing you are and how much you love us. Father, I pray that this morning. we listen to your word that Father there is revelation that starts to come alive that Holy Spirit you even begin to reveal to us just the places and the times where you've been working on our behalf like in the song where it says you never stop working there are times where we do feel alone there are times where we have to remind ourselves I'm not alone Holy Spirit I pray for those that feel that in this moment that there is something that comes alive on them on the inside that says wait a minute I'm not alone I see him working here and I saw him working there and I remember the time when he when he came through on my behalf I am not alone that they would walk out of here today knowing that the God of all the universe is on my side, but he walks with me. He is with me. And he's working things out on my behalf. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. I thank you that there's a shift that's taking place, Father. I thank you that we are walking into new places and new territories and new times in you, new seasons in you. I thank you that it's a fruitful season in Jesus' name brings forth and that we have eyes to see it and ears to hear that our hearts are not hardened that we cannot hear truth and see that you're moving and see what you're doing among us in Jesus name father I thank you for innocence being restored innocence being restored and that there's a purity that's coming in worship In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, praise and worship team. Do you guys know why Jesus doesn't wear jewelry? Because he breaks every chain. Sorry, I saw that on the internet. I saw it on Facebook or something, and I just thought I had to. I had to bring that. You can turn the house lights on. (laughs) So uh, we're going to finish our talk on fasting. Uh, We are entering into our last week of whatever God is asking you to set aside as we go into a corporate fast the day after Thanksgiving on the 12th, on Thanksgiving Monday on the 12th. Uh, We are going into a corporate fast. Um, We would love for you to join us. Um, So we're gonna talk about fasting this morning. Again, um, this is gonna be very practical as what is fasting? Why do we fast? What does it mean? What happens when we fast? Those kinds of things. Um, I remember, or you hopefully you remember, last time we talked about fasting, we talked about um, it humbles ourselves. We, We The week before that talked about pride, and how God resists pride, he resists the proud, and that we're to humble ourselves. And so one of the ways, one of the best ways to humble ourselves is to fast. Uh, We talked about it afflicting our souls. The Bible says that they afflicted their souls, taking our souls and submitting it to the spirit. Our soul loves to, our soul, our body, our, um, our mind, our will and emotions loves to take control. Loves to be in control, um, but it's not supposed to be. Our spirit is to be in control, and so when we fast, we are submitting our soul under our spirit, so that our spirit, which is connected to God, which is in right alignment, is um, is leading the way. So, um, one of the way or one of the things that fasting does is it humbles ourselves. But we're going to talk a little bit more about it today. Um, we started. The last time we talked about it, we started um, from the New Testament where Jesus is talking about fasting. We see it all throughout the Bible, but in this particular place, Jesus is talking about fasting. And in Matthew 6, he talks about when you give, as in he's just assuming you're going to give. When you pray, he's assuming you're going to pray. And then he says, when you fast. Again, assuming that's just, that's what we do, Christ followers, we fast. So he says in verse five, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that this is the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Then in verse 16, he says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting i tell you the truth this is the only reward they will ever get will ever get but when you fast comb your hair and wash your face this is really funny because this morning judah and i were talking about fasting on the way here and i said have you asked god what you're gonna fast like you know and He says i don't know and i said well he says i haven't heard anything yet so i was listing different things that he could fast and of course he's a 12 year old boy so he's constantly reminded you need to brush your teeth did you brush your teeth and he's like oh i don't brush my teeth and so i said or you could fast brushing your teeth (laughs) he's like could i and i said no the bible actually says comb your hair (laughs) when you fast comb your hair wash your face brush your teeth (laughs) Anyways, uh, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. There is a reward that comes with fasting. So just before we go on to what fasting is, I wanna list to you or tell you what fasting is not. Fasting does not get you in better standing with God. It doesn't, it doesn't suddenly, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are in right standing with God. So it doesn't change that, okay? Fasting does not twist God's arm on a matter. It's not a good manipulation tool to get God to do what we want. Fasting does not cause God to move closer to us. It moves you closer towards him. Sometimes there are things that are in the way, I shouldn't say sometimes, most of the time there are things in the way. Um, things that we have, walls that we've built up, and, and fasting, and talked about it being a conduit for the Holy Spirit to, to flow through, but sometimes there's blockages. It removes the blockages, which makes us draw closer to Him. Fasting does not increase His love for us. And I know that one sounds super obvious. We're all like, yes, I know, God loves me. And that's true. and and we can all agree and say, yeah, that's what the Bible says. But there are so many times in my own life or when I'm speaking with people that we begin to really dig deep into the Word of God or, or we begin to dig deep into heart issues and inevitably there's usually some sort of lie in there that says, because I did this or because of who I am, God doesn't love me as much as He loves someone else. Or there's places of God's heart that He holds back from me because I did such and such. So I know that's an obvious statement to say, fasting doesn't make God love us more, but I'm stating it because inevitably sometimes there are places in our heart that actually believe that God doesn't love us. So fasting doesn't change that. God loves you, the end, no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, He loves you, He has a plan for you, and He's proud of you, and He's excited that you are His son or you are His daughter. Uh, fasting does not pay or cover your sin. The sacrifice of Jesus took care of that already. So fasting isn't a a, a cover like because I've sinned now I'm going to fast. No, um, we'll talk about what it does later. It can break it can break bondages of sin, but it doesn't cover your sin. That's what the sacrifice of Jesus did. Okay, all right, so. Fasting, what is fasting? Fasting is the willful abstaining from any natural pleasures for a spiritual purpose. Uh, So it's not just missing a meal or it's not just setting aside something that you're drawn to. It is setting something aside for a purpose. Uh, It's not a diet. Oh, I see my son's there. I'm so sorry I was telling stories on you and you were in the room. I love you. (laughs) Um, it's setting things aside for a spiritual purpose, abstaining from things. When I, when I went on, um, my fast, I oftentimes, or all the times have fasted food, always have fasted food. Um, because that's what God told me to do. But in the middle of that fasting, um, there were often things that I abstained from as well, um, movies, or I would watch TV, but I, I, I just was very aware of this is a time that I have set aside for a spiritual purpose because God has asked me to set this time aside. And so I was very aware of even who I, who I was in contact with, not that I was like rude or anything like that, but just where I spent my time, where I spent my energy, what I was watching, what I was listening to, because it was a time that I had set aside for a spiritual purpose. Fasting is a personal commitment to renounce the natural, to invite the, spirit, the spiritual. It demands the replacing of what would have been your time spent, your eating time, or your time spent watching something and replacing it with prayer. That's super important. So if you're going on a fast that's not eating, you're not just not eating. You're setting time aside to pray. It it demands dedicating time for meditation and for reading of the word and for prayer. Okay, these are the kinds of fasts that there are. There's a corporate, or excuse me, a complete fast. A complete fast is water and liquids only. Um, And again, remember this isn't law. Uh, When I went on my 40 day fast, I told you that, like I was trying to get all of the What exactly do I need to do? Can I have coffee? Can I not have coffee? Can I have drinks of sugar in it? Can I not have drinks? You just need to ask God. You need to ask God what it is that He's asking exactly for you. Don't make it law. Don't do what I did, do what God's asking you to do. So if you're gonna go on a liquid fast, then you ask God, can I have coffee? Is that okay with you? Are you wanting me to abstain from that? Do you want me to have tea? Whatever, you get the picture. So, a complete fast is water, liquids only. Then there's an absolute fast. An absolute fast is water and food. Uh, In the Bible, you saw it. Um, Jesus did it. I think Moses did it. Um, Esther, uh, we read a couple weeks ago, Esther and the whole group of people did it. Um, You can't go with water for very long. So... Unless God is 100%, and I would honestly, I would submit that to leaders, and your doctor, and your pastor, if God is calling you to do water and food, uh, that's something that is a very intense, serious fast. And again, you can't live without water for very long. So, but that is a kind of fast. There's an absolute fast, uh, a partial fast. Is fasting at certain times a day so I'm not gonna eat lunch and I'm going to pray during lunch times or or something like that or I'm gonna skip suppers that's my fasting time so that's a partial fast then there's a rational fast or a Daniel fast a rational fast is omitting certain kinds of food I'm gonna stop doing this I'm gonna stop um, eating sugar Um, Daniel was all choice foods and meat and wine so anything that tasted good. Basically, he just like, I'm not doing that. That was a rational fast. There's a sexual fast. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 3 says the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourself more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. So there is a sexual fast, um, but you notice in here, you must be in agreement. Obviously, we're talking to married couples, right? So, um, so you must be in agreement though, like I'm feeling this, are you feeling this? And then you agree. It's not just I'm doing this and it sucks for you. <laughs> There's a corporate fast, uh, Acts 13 verse 2 also we saw with Esther, it was a corporate fast where everyone comes together and they begin to fast. Acts 13 says one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them so after more fasting and prayer the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way corporate fast and there is a soul fast a soul fast is when you abstain from certain areas of your life that have maybe gotten out of balance or that you enjoy or that you want to sacrifice it to the Lord so I mean, what, whatever um, is that, is something that you enjoy in the Lord, it's like it's time for you to put it away. Um, maybe it is social media, but something fast. The word fasting comes from a word I can't um, pronounce because I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's T-S-O-M. And it means to deny yourself. You are denying yourself. So, when you fast, you are denying yourself of pleasure, of something that your soul would naturally want to go to. So, in other words, when you fast, it should hurt. It should hurt you. It's a sacrifice. It shouldn't feel good. Like, oh, I could do that easy. No, 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 no. It's denying yourself. It's something that you would gravitate towards and be like, oh, I want to do. Oh, that's right. I've laid that down for the Lord. That it's something that kind of pulls you all the time where it hurts okay it hurts now let me say this before we move on i know that there is a belief that says fasting is only food if you believe that great great then you should probably fast food but i want to say be very careful when we're in a corporate fast what you say to one person isn't Is fasting or isn't fasting? If God is telling them to fast something and it's not food, don't come against it. This is corporate. This is unity. You want to be in unity with one another. I believe that fasting is denying yourself of any pleasure and and something that hurts. It hurts you. That's what I believe fasting is. So, you, 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 we want it, When we're doing a corporate fast, we want to be cur- encouraging one another to, yeah, go. God's telling you that? Do that. That's awesome. Because we're doing it all for a purpose. We're laying stuff down for the Lord. Amen? Okay. We know that the primary purpose for fasting is humbling ourselves. But I want us to go to Isaiah 58. And we're going to look at some things that fasting does. This is pretty exciting. So verse one, it says cry aloud, spare not. Lift your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sin. He's telling them this, it's time to get things in order. It's time to get some, I'm about to do something exciting and it's time to get things in order. Verse two says, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation, they did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their god they ask of me the ordinances of justice they take delight in approaching god why have we fasted they say and you have not seen why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice in fact in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers indeed you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the with the fist of wickedness You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? you're, You're following religious motivations. You're doing it to look good, to be seen. You're doing it to feel good, all those things. He says, that's, that's not the kind of fast I've called. Now here he goes. Verse six, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, you cover them and not hide yourself from your own flesh. So he says, in verse six, the fast that I have chosen is to loose the bonds of wickedness and to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free. And he says, loose the bonds of wickedness. He's saying, break demonic influences that are on your life. Break demonic influences that are on your life. We all have them. We all have them. And so when, when there's stuff that we're struggling with, we go, in, we go into a fast. It's to break those things off of our life. generational curses stuff stuff you don't even know that has come through your bloodlines things passed down through your bloodlines anger bitterness addictions self-hatred suicidal spirit binge eating eating disorders any anything that you struggle with in secret struggle with in private and you're like i just can't get a hold of this i keep praying i keep asking god for forgiveness it breaks the bonds of wickedness of your life. This is exciting. We're gonna get a breakthrough in our church. This is big, this is big. Undo, undo the heavy burdens, that's the next thing it says. This is the fast I've chosen. Break the bonds of wickedness and undo the heavy burdens. If there's any heaviness that you carry, it's like, I can't seem to shake this, or you feel oppressed. I looked up the word "oppress," and this is what it means. To keep someone in subservience and hardship, especially by the unjust exercise of authority. It's like, oh, I just can't seem to get a breakthrough. I just feel like I'm carrying heaviness everywhere I go. I feel like I'm carrying a weight with me. You're oppressed. God says fast, breaks that. When you fast, you can also fast for someone else. So I can get free and then you can get free. Did you know that Wayne fasts for people? God puts people on his heart and then he just starts fasting for them. You don't know it, could be fasting for you. (laughs) Big things happen when you fast. So it looses the bands of wickedness, addictions to sin, when it's beyond temptation. When there's a sin that you carry that's beyond temptation, like you just keep going back to it. There's two different types. There's besetting sins and then there's willful sins. A willful sin would be, a great example would be Jonah. That was not a besetting sin. It wasn't something that he keeps going back to. God said, Jonah, this is what I want you to do. And Jonah's like, no, <laughs> bye. It's being directly dis. When God's saying, I want you to do this, and you say, no, that's not a besetting sin. That's not a band of wickedness. You're rebellious, okay? And we've all been there. That's why we're laughing. Oh, I remember that time. <laughs> so a besetting sin is not a rebellious sin it's sin that can't be broken with willpower like you keep trying you've been trying i know this i've been there it's habitual sinful behavior that victimizes you and enslaves you You love God, but you just can't stop. This is the bonds, bands of wickedness that fasting breaks off your life. Okay, verse eight. So I'll just read that again. So the the fast that he chooses, looses the bonds of wickedness, undoes the heavy burdens and lets the oppressed go free and breaks every yoke. Come on why doesn't jesus wear (laughs) jewelry (laughs) okay verse eight goes then so you do the fast the verse eight then your light shall break forth like the morning your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you the glory of the lord shall be your rear guard and then you shall call and the lord will say and the Lord will answer, you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. Come on, that's good. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Anyone feel like they're just struggling? Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Anybody believing for healing in their life, healing in their physical body, healing in their, um, in in their in their soul healing and relationships you can stand on this while we're in the middle of the fast you can stand on this i'm getting free i'm walking out of this i'm getting free this thing that i've been carrying around this generational thing i'm getting free my light is going to spring forth healing is coming okay here's some things that also fasting does fasting changes us. Fasting does not move God, it moves you. Fasting increases your spiritual capacity. It increases your spiritual capacity. And I think that I don't know all the reasons why God has called a corporate fast. I don't know all the reasons. I'm beginning to see bits and pieces like, oh, I see God, I see But I think that one of the reasons is God's about to move so big and he wants to increase our ability to handle the flow of God through our life. That we're not just gonna be the church inside, we're gonna be the church outside and there is a flow of his presence that he wants to move through each one of us. We gotta increase our capacity to be able to carry it. It takes away the hindrances that are holding you back. More work is done by prayer and fasting than work itself. Fasting quiets your soul to hear God's voice. It calms down the distractions. It calms down your soul so that your soul comes back into alignment with your spirit. Your spirit is not distracted. You're struggling with distraction. Your spirit is not distracted. Your soul needs to be quieted down and come into alignment with your spirit. You have trouble hearing from God. You're not sure um, which way to go. You're like, I'm having trouble making all these answers or making all these decisions. Anyone ever been there? I don't know which way to go. Your spirit is not distracted, your soul is. You're going through that another time. Maybe some of the best things you can do is be like, you know what, I'm gonna fast so I can hear clearly from the spirit of God. Your spirit is filled with peace. Fasting brings godly intimacy. Fasting makes intimacy with God a priority. If you seek him, you will find him. It increases your intimacy with God and you become more in with the things of God. It's like clearing a channel. Fasting breaks poverty can look in the in the book of Job. It broke poverty. It increases your humil- humility and your sense of dependence on God. It strengthens yourself in the Lord. When I am weak, he is strong. It's like you recognize it all the time when you, oh yeah, you, you go to do something. I know it when I would be cooking supper, you know, or whatever, and mashing potatoes, like my favorite thing, and you go to like taste the potatoes to see, mashing potatoes is my favorite thing, eating them is, sorry. <laughs> Everyone's like, you can come over and mash my potatoes. <laughs> okay, um, anyways, so you know I'd be cooking for the family and I was the only one fasting and so I'd go to taste something and I'd be like, oh yeah. But in that moment of like the oh yeah, you recognize I'm doing something unto the Lord. Like, it's this beautiful thing. I know we look at it we're like, ugh, giving up something. Yeah, but there's this moment where you're like, oh yeah, this is for God. I've set this aside. Is it hard? Yeah, sometimes it is. But there's a grace in the middle of it and it's just this, it's this, you're constantly remembering. I set this aside. It's like you're constantly remembering God. Okay, I'm gonna end with this. As we begin. So I said, October 12th we begin. November 2nd would be the day that we indulge. I'm just kidding, I don't know. Um, We did it that way so that we would have Thanksgiving and, uh, and it actually just worked out well that way. So I know that for a lot of you are like, oh, I like to start things on Mondays. You're starting on a Tuesday, but that's okay. But as you go into the fast, as you begin to think about and and set time aside to be like, hey God, what are you asking of me? What What are you wanting me to do in my life? What is a stronghold in my life? That these are some things that you set aside and begin to think about as you prepare in our last week, as you prepare, okay? So one, recognize. Recognize your weakness and what has control over you. What is it, God, that I'm gonna believe for? What do I struggle with? What am I walking out of this free from? Recognize what it is. In 2 Corinthians eleven three three says, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the, of the serpent. What? What has, what has gotten in? What are maybe maybe for some of us like i don't even know god knows there are some things that cause us to be divided in our devotion to him or become distractions towards him what is it god so begin to recognize what that is the next one is acknowledge it stop deceiving yourself you are not perfect acknowledge it so once you recognize it you're gonna be like okay Okay, this is a truth. I've been avoiding this long enough. I'm acknowledging that this is an issue and it needs to be dealt with. 1 John 1, 8 says, If we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. These are just some verses to prove you're not perfect. Psalms 51, 6. (laughs) But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. God wants you to be honest with yourself. Galatians 6, three, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. There are all things in our own lives that, that need to be worked on, that need to be surrendered to God. So you recognize it, acknowledge it, then you're gonna renounce it. That this thing will no longer have control over me. This thing that I have struggled with my whole life, struggled with for 10 years struggled with for 15 years struggled with for three for a week I don't know whatever God's dealing with you right now this thing will no longer have a hold on me do you hear me addiction you will no longer have a do you hear me eating disorder you will no longer have a hold on me do you hear me anger you will no longer have a hold on me this thing breaks You renounce it. You will not be a part of me and you will not be a part of my generational lines. This stops here. It doesn't go to my children or my children's children. It stops now. So you renounce it. The next thing you do is you forgive. Forgive yourself, yes. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's harder but forgive others as well. You're gonna go into this forgiving others. Mark eleven twenty five says, but when you are praying, so we're going into a time of prayer and fasting. When you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. anyone that you are holding a grudge against. You want to check your heart and rid yourself of wanting the other person to pay. even the saying karma which we don't believe in but karma will get them you don't want that that's wanting them to pay just just loose just loose that from yourself 2 Corinthians 2 Uh, verse 10 says when you forgive this man i forgive him too and when i forgive whatever needs to be forgiven i do so with christ's authority for your benefit so that satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes you understand that 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 satan uses unforgiveness right he's saying you you need to forgive so that Satan doesn't, so we we don't give him a foothold in. You need to let it go. You're going into a time where you want things broken up. Don't be carrying this kind of stuff in. Now listen. I said this to someone not that long ago. There are things you cannot forgive on your own. I know it, where you're like, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. And then you see them or you think of them and you're like, ugh, I still don't forgive. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. That's trying to do it in your own strength. Do you know that when God asks you to do something, He actually provides the grace to do it? Like actually He's there. Like So, so if you're like, I'm struggling to forgive, He never meant for you to do it on your own. So you're struggling because you're trying to let go of something that you can't do on your own so what i do when i struggle with unforgiveness in my life as i say father i really need your help help me help me forgive this person anything any attachment anything that i have to that person any hurts any wounds father i need you i need your power i need your ability i need your grace to help me release forgiveness and i just i keep doing it So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release forgiveness by your strength and by your power. You're doing a work in my heart and healing the areas of my life, God, as I release forgiveness now. Not just I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. (laughs) Okay, invite God into that space. So you forgive, you wanna forgive. Submit. James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's part of of coming under submission. we, We like to be our own people and do our own thing, but there's actually, God calls you to submit. Submit your will to him. Be very careful, be very careful in these days and the craziness that it is that your words aren't coming against any type of leadership because that's not godly either. Take responsibility. You are responsible for your own response. Take responsibility for your own heart, for your own life. If someone hurts you or if, if, if maybe um, your anger, maybe your bitterness came in because of something that was done to you and you had no, you had no, um, uh, I can't think of the word, um, Someone did something and and you couldn't control it. They did something to you, you had no control over it. But what you did have control over was your response. Your response to the situation. And so you've allowed things into your heart, you've allowed anger, bitterness, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know. You allow it into your heart, you're responsible for that response. And so if you have anger in your life, you can't point fingers and say, I have anger because that person did that to me. No, no, that person did that to you and it was wrong and it should have never been done. And they violated you and they should have never done it. It was wrong, but you have responsibility for the response and for the condition of your own heart and your own life right now. So you going into this, recognize that I'm I'm carrying this and I know it came in when, when that person did that to me, but I'm not gonna keep carrying it because I'm responsible for that part. I have control over that part. So I'm gonna surrender that. Disown any sinful in- influences that happen by association. Galatians 5, 24. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Anything that that you are doing leading up to it. Um, um, Maybe your responses to things or or the addiction. I'm no longer going to do this anymore. This breaks, this stops, this response, whatever it is. And then lastly, you're gonna write it down. Write these things down. Write down what kind of a fast you're going to do. What is, what is God asking of you? What is, what is He asking of you in the fast? And you're going to write it down. Holds you accountable. Oh, that's right. Or, like, maybe God didn't say to not eat potatoes. Oh, right. He did say eat potatoes. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe it was just potatoes with no butter in it. No, it was potatoes, okay. So you're gonna write down what kind of fast is it? Um, or if you were going in another fast, obviously we know we're going into a 21-day fast, but um, if it was by yourself, you would do this same process um, and you would write down, God's asked me for a three-day fast or a one-day fast or whatever it is. And you write these things down, they hold you accountable. And then these are the things they are gonna break off my life that God's specifically speaking to me about, or for sometimes you're going into a fast because you want to hear clear. Whatever, you write it down. And then you get to look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Amen? Amen. I'm very excited for, come on up, Joel. I'm very excited for uh, where we're headed. Um, Like I said, I don't know all of it, but I know that we sit as elders and we're like, this is God's doing something. Like, we know that this is a moment that's been ordained by God. Exciting times as He enlarges our capacity. Joel? For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.